Welcome to another episode of Building Character and Resilience, the podcast for students, teachers, and anyone who wants to form good habits and stick to them. As always, today's episode is brought to you by Createl Publishing and two of their editors. My name is Daniela Schiavo. And I'm Lilvan Banker. In today's episode, we are further discussing the importance of humility and detachment and why they are habits worth practicing in today's society. That's right. And to give you a modern example of this, we are joined by our friend and colleague, Paula Ahilan. How are you today, Paula? Thank you for having me on today's episode, Danielle and Lil. <laughs> I must say I'm feeling quite excited to be your guest today. Great, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, now, for those of you who are listening, um, we really wanted to have this chat with Paula because Daniela and I often comment on how much we admire the way she reasons and reacts to things. Yes, especially in situations where we know for a fact that we would have reacted very differently. Yep, exactly. So, Paula, tell us a bit about yourself and how you got to Createl Publishing. So, before I moved to Melbourne at the beginning of 2020, I'm I might add that was actually like two months before our first COVID lockdown. Best timing mm. ever. Yeah. But, um, I actually grew up, studied, worked in Sydney, so I did my journalism degree at UTS, that's otherwise known as University of Technology Sydney. Mm-hmm. And then I worked and interned in several newsrooms as a reporter. Nice. So long story short, I here I am. That. Yep. <laughs> That's wow. awesome. We've been working together for how long now? Almost a year. Almost Sorry, a it was year. my one year anniversary a few days ago, so it should be yours coming oh, up yes. too. 29th of June to be exact. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so long story short, here I am now at um, this publishing company here, nearly a year in, mm-hmm. and recording a podcast episode. And so far, I must say, I'm loving this city and what I'm doing. Love nice. to hear it. <laughs> Um, And look, I wanted to ask you and sort of kick off the episode with the same question that I asked Lil in our last episode. Do you think that you are humble? Yeah. (laughs) And again, keeping in mind that we want an honest answer and that saying yes doesn't automatically make you conceited. Despite what I said. That's that's right. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah. I think before I answer this question, I think it's so important for people to know the true definition of humility. So Mm. a lot of people tend to have this misconception that Humility can be things like being shy, never accepting compliments, mm-hmm. not acknowledging yeah. your strengths, and almost like exaggerating your weaknesses. Yes. Um, I don't think this is true. And if I were to sum it up, I think, well, I can't sum it up. I would say C.S. Lewis um, sums it up in the best way. He says, okay, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Mm-hmm. I'll say that again for our listeners, because right? <laughs> it's a bit of like a tongue twister. Yep. Humility is not thinking less of yourself; it's thinking of yourself less. Yes. Can I just say that this is the <laughs> quote that I quoted last last episode? So this it's is awesome because we are on the yes. same wavelength. Awesome. So yes. perfect. That's what we want, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. In tune. In mm-hmm. tune. Yeah. Yeah, and I would also add that humility is also acknowledging the truth about ourselves. So objectively mm-hmm. you know we all mm-hmm. have different strengths and weaknesses yes and in saying that i would say that i'm consciously striving to grow in humility um because i'm still a human i still struggle with pride and i mean we all have to battle pride mm. in yeah. some way shape or form for as long as we live i think yes. yeah so when it comes to the virtue of humility it makes me laugh because it's kind of ironic when people explicitly admit that they're humble. yeah that's right like, yeah think about all the other virtues that we've discussed in the podcast so far it's like oh do you think you're diligent yeah i think i am uh do you think you're industrious yeah do you think you're humble yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's you? right you've it never does. met a more humble person yeah. than me yes so, <laughs> yeah. true so 
feels embarrassed to be a guest on this podcast about humility. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. so, Look, it's understandable. <laughs> it's yeah, we we are asking something that's quite unusual, but that we nominated you. You yes, didn't nominate exactly. Yourself, it would so. be a, exactly be a completely different story if you said, "Hey, yeah. guys, I know the perfect person who you can speak to about humility." Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, look, I definitely stand by the fact that I'm not the perfect model of humility and I'm far from it, mm-hmm. but it is personally the virtue that is personally the most important to mm-hmm. me. Yes. So I'd be happy to share my experience of trying to grow in that virtue. Mm-hmm. Seriously, Paula, you, you do amaze me. Sorry, I hope you don't blush. <laughs> um, you honestly are a role model for me in this area. I'm not even kidding. Like, I'm not flattering you um, just because you're the guest on our show. Um, so two things that I admire most about you are your responses and your attitude. So your attitude is a combination of confidence, humility, strength, and optimism. And out of that emotionally healthy cocktail of qualities, um, you react in a way that I often wish that I could react in. So hats off to you. <laughs> yes. And look, I completely completely agree with Lil and I think what is sort of best about it is that you and the way you react to things make Lil and I think more about how we react to things as well without you having to say hey guys exactly. oh, you should be doing this exactly you just are who you are yeah and we're inspired yeah I'm and I think no but I think it's re- good yeah <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say I feel like um in terms of you know, because a lot of times you work with people, you can't control who you work with. Like mm-hmm. we exactly. didn't choose to work together. Like we got very lucky that yeah. we're with each other. So but we if we could have chosen, I would have chosen. No, us. exactly. Yeah. And I think I think there's a lot to learn from every single person that you meet, whether it's yeah. a good or a bad thing. Maybe you can see someone what who shows <laughs> exactly, and they show you what not to do. Whereas yeah. you know, again. Don't want to make you blush, but mm. you are a really good example to both of us, and we've both pointed it out. And I think it's so like. And you don't reason- have low self-esteem. It's not exactly. like, oh, it's like, oh, sorry, guys, I'm here. So, you know, yeah, you know, and like, we're like, oh, confident. she's so sweet. It's like, it's <gasps> not, I mean, you know, not sweet, like, but it's not. But it's both, you know, like, yeah. I, I like that you show that that blend of confidence and humility and shows it shows that it is possible to be confident and be humble at the same time. They're not mutually exclusive. It's mm-hmm. not like I have to be, like, apologizing for everything I say and do and, like, I hate myself to be considered humble because that's actually not an accurate, like you're saying, that's not an accurate exactly. portrayal of humility. That's right. Yeah. Now, I think one thing we did touch on in our last episode was the impact that social media does have on humility and I guess your image and things like that. So considering today's society and social media, do you ever feel the pressure that so many people face to maintain a certain image? Yeah, I definitely do feel that pressure. And I think anybody that uses social media with some regularity will fall into that trap Mm -hmm. um we know it's not healthy to fall into that pressure we also know it's hard to resist yeah Yeah. i think at the end of the day you know we're normal so going forward with that i think the question is really how can we grow out of it Mm. um i think it's important to acknowledge it accept it welcome it that's just the beginning that shouldn't be the last uh step yeah um so we know that it's normal but just because we feel something, I think, doesn't mean that we have to act upon it. Yes. Um, so we have these inclinations, but our second reaction is really what we have control over. Yes. I like I that. Think, yeah. Not your initial bam. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's this good. is a strategy that has helped personally helped me, especially in the context of this question about, you know, feeling image conscious on social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's just also important to reflect on you know, who on my social media am I actually trying to please? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who follows me on my Instagram? Who is actually my friend on Facebook? And then 
do they only like me for the superficial things like mm-hmm. how I pose or what clothes I wear, what yeah. brand of clothes I wear, um, where I went out for brunch. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Such a I'm... Melbourne thing to say. Yeah, You're yeah. <laughs> yeah, Melbourne out already. And, you know, personally, I think that's just a waste of time and effort yeah. to be quite blunt. So what I'm trying to say is that we never really need to make an unrealistic effort to please people who love us. Um, well, people who love us for the deeper things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Think about things like who we are, our personalities, our strengths and our weaknesses. People who love us for those deeper things, I think they're the people that really matter. Mm-hmm. So it's so important for us to surround ourselves with these sort of people, um, not just in person, but also in our social media. Yes. So, you know, in summary, I would say, yeah, it is possible to use social media without falling into unhealthy pressures. Yeah. Hmm. So I think it's really interesting what you say about how it's a choice to act on a certain feeling that certain external pressures put on you. So like, yeah, acknowledge that it's there and don't be naive, but also acknowledge that we have the power to make a choice about what affects us in the most profound way. And so we shouldn't be making excuses and acting like, oh, I had absolutely no choice. I spent seven hours on Instagram by accident and, you know, Mm -hmm. I had no choice. And it's like, well, you know, the reality is, is that we have control over things like our social media use and how much actually we are letting other people be the boss of our happiness. Absolutely. So yeah. What about you, Daniela? Um, Well, firstly, yeah, I really like what you said about having your second thought be the, the thought that counts yeah, the most I love that. Um, because I think a lot of times can react a certain way and whether people see it or not you might not be proud of that first initial reaction and it's completely yeah. human but it's fact in itself that you took the time to think about what you could have done better that shows that you're on a path to path to improvement and that's so who you really are what you exactly. choose to do as opposed to your initial exactly you know, it's a reaction. yeah exactly because instincts mm natural things that you can't like anyone can be anything based on instinct but anyway i think a few factors shape the response that i'm about to give you so Mm -hmm. um like this i mean perhaps like the slight age difference between us as well as our exposure to things like social media and the Mm -hmm. internet like for example and i'm about to take you know maybe unlock a memory here for some people (laughs) when i was in primary school i was allowed to use websites like club penguin and star doll which not that cool (laughs) i don't even know these sites (laughs) Um, yeah, that was so good. What's um, what was it? The, the Disney? It was like a Disney sort of like website where you can like oh, play wow. games as well. Yes, I don't think yeah. Those ones there was so, my small town oh, where I live. Oh, that were amazing. <laughs> those, those, oh, there's so many really cool um, websites, and which anyone younger than eighteen now probably won't know what I'm talking about. Or, um, or Lil, because she doesn't know. Because um, I lived in the country. What can I say? Um, but these websites were a great kid-friendly space, but. They had membership aspects to them, for example. So if you were lucky enough to convince your parents to buy a membership, like I was, I had to write contracts at eight years old oh to be like, I promise I'll clean my room. Yeah, yeah, I used to type it up, clean my room, I'll do this. Is Yeah, and I was like, if we both sign this contract, if I hold up my end, I get a, a Club Penguin membership. And that. if, you know, you by you giving me that, you get to see my room clean. <laughs> so enjoy. Oh, yeah, welcome. exactly. Um, or, you know, I'll do the dishes for a month or, you know, the duration of the membership, whatever it was. Um, but having that membership in a sense elevated your status and you had access. To, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. You had access to things that your peers didn't. And in some way it enabled me to understand privilege in a way that I hadn't seen it before. And, you know, then when I was in grade six, MySpace was hugely popular. I and had MySpace too. Yeah. Oh, no. I never had MySpace. I'm so out of it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my I think it was hugely popular at the time. And was. was it someone, was it appropriate for 
someone under the age of 16? No, <laughs> absolutely not. And I would have been, I was, what, year six, so 11, 12, something like yeah. that. And it exposed me to the online importance of popularity and aesthetics because mm. you had to do up your page and you had a best friends list and you actually <laughs> publicly posted your top three, well, top five friends, or whatever it was. And that sort of thing only got worse as social media progressed mm. to Facebook and then Instagram and then Snapchat because you had to maintain this image and this aesthetic. And so I the think... The top five friends, that sounds like a recipe for drama when you're in high school. Yeah, and it was. There was at one point the option to extend it to 10 from what I remember. Oh, probably. Anyway, Get to yes. widen the circle. Yeah, exactly. But then <laughs> so it was like, who was is the... the competition. Exactly. It, it's yeah. funny because at the time I felt really uncool for not having a MySpace account, but then now when everyone mocks MySpace and their mm. accounts they have, yeah. I'm like, I don't have any online shame from MySpace because I never even wasn't cool yeah. enough to have an account. I must admit time. though, that did teach some kids coding. So well, there's, a, there's a, yeah. <laughs> there's a benefit. Yeah, that's right. Skills. That's right. Yeah. That's so funny. Well, yeah, I think likes are a huge thing, like so much so that Instagram has actually, you know, they took them off ages back now though have you seen you have an option apparently now Mm. i heard on i think at the radio or something that um yeah instagram's bringing them back in but you can choose whether to have them or not um and i think it's shaped the social lives of a lot of young people and somehow likes have become equated to status or value and i mean that's such a warped version of reality oh yeah like it's natural to feel good when a post gets a lot of likes but it's not good to be too dependent on it because social media and even other people's opinion is a fickle thing and i often think of this is a really common example of like girls who will post certain pictures especially insecure teenage girls and they post certain pictures that they know guys are gonna like Mm -hmm. and comment on and everything and it's like oh i get so many likes and everything and it's like yeah well if i you know expose myself too sure I can get that many as well but it's like but really is that attention the kind of attention that you want to be bringing to yourself because it's not like for your your brain or your value as a person you know like your thoughts and your actions and who you are as a person it's just for like exploiting a part of yourself to you know get that dopamine hit from instagram so well that's right yeah the healthiest thing no it's not and you're right people nowadays do define themselves by their glorified instagram worthy lives and it's like People have found their identity in material possessions, which I guess is common in some first world societies, but it has advanced exponentially since social media became a part of our everyday lives. Yeah, and this can lead to so many damaging things like debt, insecurity, anxiety, and depression, not to mention jealousy, Mm -hmm. like we did in our last episode. Um, So I think staying humble is a really important lesson for all young people to learn. And I mean, when I first got married, um, my husband and I kept getting tempted to buy all new furniture for like our dream home. You know, we just want the ideal home. Um, You want it to look like a magazine. But then we kept saying to each other, kept reminding each other, all right, let's stay humble. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and the reality is, is that you might have to go for cheaper clothes, cheaper car, cheaper rent when you're young. And you you can't expect to live like a 40-year-old on a 20-year-old salary. That's right. Like you see your mum and dad's car and you think, oh yeah, I want a car like my dad. You know, young guys might think that. And then it's like, well, your dad's 40. He, you know, when he was 20, he had a little bomb, a bomb, you know, and it's like, and that's sometimes the reality. Like you need to be, um, you need to be realistic and have the perspective of the sacrifice that older people like your parents made to actually get where they are today. And so I personally think that there's no achievement in just being given everything because I mean, you may never have the most expensive clothes or car, but you can't let that stop you from being happy. So I think your happiness has to be built on a more solid foundation than that. Absolutely. And there's a really good quote that a host of another podcast called She's on the Money has said, (laughs) and she says, live fake rich now, be real poor later. 
Mm. And it's true. Yeah, I really like it. But one thing I know we all find extremely damaging is that is the desperation that people can feel for approval, as well as the concept of instant gratification that is really addictive. Paula, is this something that you also struggle with? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think when it comes to instant gratification, it's something I've struggled with for sure. Um, But I'm also struggling to overcome it. I think that's the most important bit. Yes. Um, And I've reflected on this several times and have had a lot of good conversations with people about it. I'm sure you you all have. Anyone who's like Gen Y and above, Mm. I think. (laughs) Yeah. Or even some, you know, people older, I can imagine, who are, you know, on the social media train. Mm, for sure. For sure. With that as well. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So one of the many, many conclusions I've come up with is that, you know, giving into instant gratification could probably link to that problem of lack of freedom, I would say. Yeah. In the sense that wanting instant gratification is really addictive. So it gives yeah. us that hint of dopamine, like you had mentioned before, Lil. Yeah. And the thing with that is that it's never enough. So mm. in saying that, instant gratification is not freeing if we're addicted to it. Yeah. Mm. And if we're addicted to anything really, could be um, chocolate, cakes, like... <laughs> like I am <laughs> <laughs> that's actually the opposite of freedom mm. because addiction is actually not freedom but actually being enslaved so yeah. we're not free if you can't really say no yeah so and you know that goes back this idea of freedom and you know my philosophical rambling that I'm having here. I haven't <laughs> lost anybody no <laughs> haven't lost me <laughs> no not at but all it goes back to that previous point we had discussed about your second reaction being the most important most powerful and most rational most profound yes. thing if we apply that mentality you know that's a way that we can also overcome instant gratification mm. i would say yeah yeah oh absolutely and not allowing something to control you like that um and we've spoken about it before that like um if if something is like it's kind of like your master almost. I remember I read a book a little while ago and he was, there was a guy, it was about parenting or whatever. I read it for work and this guy was commenting on about how fully, he's like, I hate it. He says, I hate it when I see fully grown men who are sitting there or whatever, talking to their family or engaging with their wife or something. Their phone buzzes and they jump to attention and he, he sort of compared it to like a little dog that like yep, jumps to attention. Mm. You've got the snack for them, they jump. Yeah. And it's like, oh, wow, yeah, actually, like, is that my master? Like a little dog when the master offers the little treat and says, sit, don't do this. Mm -hmm. And the dog's like, sure, okay. You know, and it's like, is social media that thing for us? And we're like, our phone buzzes. Oh, sorry. I mean, I was talking to a real human right in front of me, but, you know, oh, my phone. And we go straight to it. And like, when you think about it, it's like, how does that, I mean, it doesn't make that person with you feel very good, which is why I often try and put my phone away in my bag or, you know, turn it, like put, turn it down or something like that just so that that person sometimes people get annoyed at me because I don't reply straight away but I'm like well if you're with me then I I'm fully with you you mm-hmm. know and I would try to be um so I think that it's not letting things sort of yeah control you in that way and I'm even wary of caffeine sometimes because I just don't like addictive substances and I've actually moved Instagram to the second page of my phone home screen oh, and put good. it in a folder so I put have put Facebook and Instagram um, in within a folder and then moved it to the second page and I am on it way less just because of not seeing it there right in front of my mm-hmm. face because often in the morning wake up grab my phone because my alarm's on there and the first thing I do is click on Instagram yeah and then already you're comparing yourself to other people and you haven't even you know haven't even gotten out of bed yeah. <laughs> so anyway all of this is is why like it's so important to practice being humble 
So if you are humble and detached from material possessions, then your identity is no longer defined by the things that you own, but it's defined by your qualities as a person. Yes. And your qualities will get you much further in life and will make you much happier. So Paula, recently you were involved in a car accident that where you weren't at fault. Um, so how did you react to when this happened? Yeah. Bring back memories. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's a couple of months ago. Um, yeah, so I'll just give a, you know, short kind of summary of what had happened. Yeah. So I was driving to work, I turned into a road with heavy traffic, it was bumper to bumper. I hit the brakes and then this flashy Volkswagen SUV. I think that's I think that's the model. I think so. Um, behind me didn't break in time or it was too close to me, so it hit my boot so hard that it actually like went that its whole front went all the way through, um, all the way to where the back seats were. My wow. goodness. From what I can recall in that moment, I remember just this huge rush of adrenaline going through me, and I was just in default task mode mm-hmm. i would say all i thought was i need to change details i need to call my boss i need to call my insurer now's not the time to cry no. now's not the time <laughs> to complain now's not the time for mourning get angry later etc mm-hmm. so i took the day off because there was no way to get to work at all um what i liked was actually one of my housemates later that day took me to the cafe and um we had the telemore forms oh sounds good <laughs> after yeah. you've done everything you needed to do yeah then it's that time to really acknowledge the emotion. Yes. Not to bury it, um, but to acknowledge it. Yes. yes. Oh, that's lovely of them. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet housemate. Yeah. Then when I had time at the end of the day to actually reflect on it, I wanted to make sure I tried to reflect on it in the most positive way. Mm-hmm. And that's when I thought of this TED Talk by Lucy Hone. So she has a TED Talk you can view on YouTube. It's called The Three Secrets of Resilient People. And I think if you haven't watched it, then you, I highly recommend it. So, and I want to link this experience to humility by just saying that we can fall into this outlook of being entitled, um, especially when adversity occurs. Mm-hmm. We don't want to take it well because we think we don't deserve it because somehow we're special and that we're immune to any <laughs> obstacle. In life. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, this is just an unrealistic point of view. Mm. So, in the talk. Lucy says that for a resilient person, instead of asking, you know, why me, they always ask, why not me? Mm. That's a really, really good it's countercultural. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Because realistically, I, I'm not that special. Um, I'm a human being like anyone else. <laughs> I'm a human being just like, you know, you guys. Uh, we experience challenges. And, and that, that also includes challenges that are, that are unexpected, I would say. Mm. And where you're not at fault necessarily. Like you can yeah. do something to bring it on yourself. No, yeah. that's right. And I think what made this story really stand out to us so much was that while you were organizing all the insurance side of things, you were generously, and it was very generous, um, given a car from one of your friends. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And it wasn't the nicest or newest car either. <laughs> yeah, to be exact, it was a 1999 Mitsubishi Lancer in some desperate need of paddle beating mm. occasionally. <laughs> yeah. I drove that thing for about, I would say about a month and a bit. Yeah, mm. like that. yeah you got pretty yeah. comfy with it, that's yeah. for sure. No, it yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is the main yeah. thing. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, what really stood out to us more than the car was your attitude. When we asked you how you felt about having to drive around in such an old battered car, you said, and I quote, Keeps me humble. <laughs> like, I, I feel like that's yeah. Paula's catchphrase. Oh, it, keeps it is. Keeps me humble. And, and I love it. That's right. And I think it begs the question, which I think is really important for anyone listening, especially students, 
what does the phrase living above your means mean? Yes, and are you doing it? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that living above your means is really realizing, really realizing mm, yeah. <laughs> that material things don't define you. Yeah. And if you think about it, they actually don't make you happy. So I think this is where emotional literacy really comes in. So we have to really think about that material things, they give us pleasure, but to realize that pleasure and happiness are two different things, two different emotions. So pleasure is what we feel after instant gratification. Mm. It's temporary. It fades away quickly. We always want more because it doesn't satisfy, right? Mm -hmm. And forgive me for just going a bit off track, but I was just thinking about happiness on the other hand. That's actually something that's lasting. That's actually what we're trying to aim for. That's actually what's sustainable. Yes. So Harvard University, I'm just going to paraphrase this very quickly. Mm-hmm, they, for it. they are the university that have been uh, running the longest study on what makes people happy. Mm-hmm. And it's not material things. It's actually relationships and bonds. So I think when you realize that relationships and bonds are what make you happy, you realize that it is possible to live above your means. Mm-hmm. And to realize that the means... Well, sounds really cliche. The means are really not the ends. Yeah. I like that. That's really interesting. And there's also another definition. I know a different definition of living above your means, which is um, when someone, you know, say they're, their salary is low down here and mm-hmm. their, their rent is way high up yeah. here or their car repayments. And so that's like, I guess, the negative version of living above your means would be like you don't have the means to pay for the things that you are putting on credit or that you that's are. That's right, yeah. You know, like, um, so if you're if you're borrowing more and more money, especially for things that depreciate, so things that are a liability, not an asset. Mm-hmm. So if you're borrowing money for a house, like sure, that's one thing. But if you're borrowing money to buy like the latest like Yeezy shoes or something like that, <laughs> I think you really need to reconsider, yeah. you know, <laughs> trying, to, trying to get a loan for something like that. Because it's like, if you can't afford those, you know, fancier things, whatever, then instead of going into debt to get them and pretend like you're, you know, that fake rich real poor later, yes. um, it's, I think it's, you know, to, to, to not live above your means is to say actually I'm just going to be humble and accept the fact that I can't afford XYZ at the moment um, and I'm going to just buy the more the, the less flashy version of that or the, the older car or whatever it is um, or you know go for the rent in an apartment that's not as nice mm-hmm. whatever um, just to be so that I'm actually living within my means and not going into debt which we know causes so much anxiety debt oh, yeah. is just and it causes fights in relationships and, and friendships or if you borrow money from friends, which is, you know, so there's, that's the other, I guess yours is the, the best version of like yeah. living separate to that and like having not be controlled, but people can sometimes be living in, above their means in a bad way. Yes. And, but I do yeah. like what you said, Paula, about how sometimes the, like the, what did you say about um, something about the ends being... Well, the means, the means are not the ends. The means are not the yeah. ends. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's exactly. It. I really, I liked that as well because I think that does tie into what you're saying as well, Lil. Because oftentimes people who are concerned about their image, they will do those things that Lil was saying. They will mm. get themselves into debt so they can have mm. this material thing. But and it causes who, pain later on. It does, but yeah. I think people who um, choose not to do that and they choose to wait and you know save up for something for example mm. or you know work hard until they get they mm. get the job that they want or yeah. the and in doing you so know, your character is built along the way yes but also it kind of means that things that you're sacrificing let's say you know say you take 
I don't know, um, a job that you're not 100% happy with, especially for students listening who don't want to work in fast food or whatever it is, sometimes making those sacrifices are a means to an end because they will help you to achieve Mm. your overall goals. They will, like working at Macca's will give you so many incredible customer service skills and Mm. things that you wouldn't get by having a really cushy job, you know, that you, you know, so sometimes you need to do those things, you know, as a means to an end. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just to combine yeah. your two no, points, no, but totally. I think I cut you off. Will. No, that's all right. Um, no, definitely. I agree with that. Um, and in saying all of this, Paula, uh, do you ever spend time worrying about what other people are going to think about what you did or what you wore, like in terms of like mulling over or oh, something that's happened and, you know? Yeah. I was definitely much more self-conscious in my teenage high school years than I think we all were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's true that, for, I mean... For me personally, it has lessened as I've gotten older. Yeah. Would you guys agree? I yeah, would agree. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what has personally helped me to continue to grow out of it is actually learning to have a sense of humor. Uh, I think it is so important to be able to laugh at yourself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> to take a joke, to not take yourself too seriously. Mm-hmm. I think that really is a way to grow in humility. That's a really practical way that you can try and practice every day or a couple of times a week, if you like. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're able to laugh at yourself, not only does it help you, but I would also say that it also helps others to see that it's okay that we're not perfect. Mm. That's right. Because the truth, that's the truth, right? We're all trying to strive towards, you know, being better. Um, and so it can be really tough when we get this impression of people, we put them on a pedestal and we mm. think, oh, they're perfect. Well, no, that's not true. Even for the people that we do look up to, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So laughing at yourself, I think helps you and also helps the people around you i think it reassures you and others that hey you know we're on the same page and Mm. and that's okay yeah 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 no i would agree and it actually just reminds me over the weekend i was watching the office and there was an episode where uh, one of the main characters falls into a pond and it was the most random thing and everyone ended up seeing a video of it and they were all teasing him and they were like how did you fall into this pond And then one of his colleagues said to him, hey, instead of being upset about them teasing you, make a joke of it. Like, you know, go out there and say, oh, yeah, I did that. But then I also did this thing, this other really embarrassing thing this other time. And because he turned and sort of like Mm. changed the narrative of it and the, I guess, their perspective. He owned it. And he owned it. And then they all ended up, the people who were teasing him about it initially ended up saying, oh, Michael, it's okay. These things happen all the time. Like, Mm. and so it was really interesting that once you sort of, you know yeah and you sort of change because I guess again for students listening you could be facing a lot of things like bullies or people who would make fun of you for the silliest and the most simple of things that you might do on a day-to-day in your classroom or in the schoolyard you know these could be something you know it could be something that you do and there's a very specific reason why you do it but to someone else it might not make sense but yeah if you kind of just change your perspective and their perspectives on it and you don't take yourself too seriously if they see that you're not getting really upset by their comments then they'll just stop but I think that kind of makes me um, wonder Paula do you find that hearing other people's opinions of you motivates you to do things both good and bad I guess yeah I think being encouraged always helps people Mm -hmm. it definitely helps me yeah I think part of humility is actually knowing how to take a compliment well Mm -hmm. and but on the other hand part of also keeping your humility in check is not actively seeking compliments either. Yes. Right? Yes. Right? So striking that balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I try to be conscious of the fact, or I would say mindful of the fact that when I ask for someone's opinion or feedback, 
that it's with the purpose of wanting to improve. Yes. Because if we're only getting praise, then we obviously... Does my hair like, look amazing oh, today? Yeah. <laughs> does, does my skin look flawless? Aren't I just so cute? I'm really beautiful, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're asking these, like, clothes yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I know, because there's no opportunity for actual feedback. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. On I a scale of 9 to 10, how beautiful do I look today? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's pretty extra, I must say. Mm. So, yeah, it's whenever it's, you know, when I try to get feedback from someone, I always try to make sure it's with that purpose of wanting to improve. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than just for the sake of feeling good or seeking reassurance, uh, yeah. that's something that a lot of people can get obsessed with it's not healthy for yeah sure. oh so, absolutely yeah and it's just kind of like you know i always want to grow definitely and, um that's why it's so important to seek opinions mm. with a good intention yes yeah yeah i like that so what would you say has led um led to you having this approach to life yeah i would say that seeking truth is really freeing there's this popular quote um you guys may have heard of it it's something along the lines of friends will tell you what you want to hear but a true friend will or close friend, um, I might say, will tell you what you need to hear. Mm-hmm. So, it's so I, true. Yeah, so true, right? There's nothing more damaging in the long run when you get people to only tell you things that make you feel good, but they're not actually true. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about it. We want to have friends that love us for who we really are, not for mm-hmm. what we wear, as we said at the beginning of the episode. Well, mm-hmm. if they're actually only liking us for the things that we're not, yeah. then they don't actually really love yeah. us or care mm. about us or like us you know i think this whole idea of truth and truth about ourselves is linked to what i had said previously that humility is truth mm. yeah i would i would agree with you there and i think as well humility it's all intertwined with things like being a good friend or being a su- supportive colleague it goes beyond yourself obviously it's it's not just about how you receive compliments towards you it's how you give them as well but i think in saying that with truth and what you were saying earlier, Paula, is that it's so important and it's probably the most difficult thing about being a good friend or, um, you know, something like that is you can't be an enabler because mm. if you're there telling people what they want to hear, you're just enabling bad behaviors on their end. Whereas True. if you're being honest yeah. and you, you know, and you don't have to be like rude about it. If you're honest with them and you say, look, I didn't like the way you handled this or if you just prompt them conflict resolution is an idea for another episode yeah <laughs> it's a whole like it's a yeah. whole subject that could be dealt oh, into. absolutely but i think making a conscious effort not to be an enabler mm. is a really important part of seeking truth both within yourself and other yeah. people because if you don't agree with thing moral that someone mm. else who is close to you has done yeah then you're not being truthful to them or yourself. And it's a long-term you're just letting perspective it happen. as well. So it's honesty, but it's also perspective because yes. you're knowing that in the long term, it's not going to help that person. That's right. And, you know, there was one other time that really stood out to Lil and I. Yeah. And that was <laughs> now that was when you got punched in the face for the first time. Oh, my gosh, I'm so lucky. <laughs> I know, no. But for some, for some context, for those, context of you who, for those of you who are listening, Paula did not just get randomly punched in the face. Yeah, no, um, she's been going around to him being too honest. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, so after work, some nights, Paula and I go to boxing classes. And recently, Paula has moved up to a whole new level and has started actually sparring. Yeah, impressive. Mm. Yes, and the um, the morning we saw her after her first sparring class, she described how she got punched in the face. And she said another Paula quote, mm-hmm. it was the best night of my life. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to say hi. 
humble and keep doing things that scare you. I can't believe I said that. No, it was fantastic because, mind you, this was amazing advice for me to hear because I'm actually a bit concerned for when I end up moving up to sparring. Fair enough. So, yeah, no, but what I loved about what you said, Paula, is that it was applicable to so many different life circumstances, not just getting punched in the face. So, would you say that seeking the truth and having sort of that approach to things impacts that mentality about? staying humble and doing the things that scare you and yeah do you think that would sort of have any impact on yeah those jumps truth truth humility and boxing Mm. wow how am i gonna like this (laughs) (laughs) i want to say firstly that i'm really a firm believer that sport and exercise is one of the training grounds for actually growing in virtue Mm -hmm. for growing character for growing good habits so sport helps you to practice resilience Mm. to keep going when it's tough and when you're tired it helps you to practice teamwork if you're mm-hmm. doing a team sport. So yep. to really work with different people and different ways of being. And it helps you to be humble because you, you do experience losses. So yes. it really does put you in your place. It helps you to see, okay, where am I really at Yeah, uh, yeah. with things? So I definitely think the positive mentality you gain through sport is something that's applicable to how you approach life and its challenges. And I want to say as well, in terms of linking that to truth, is that when it comes to measuring progress especially with sport that's something that's actually quite tangible and quite measurable because it's something that's so physical so you can actually see uh physically and mentally how you're actually growing yes absolutely so i would say that feeling scared feeling like the underdog in particular my first sparring session Mm -hmm. at boxing i i had you know what i had actually gone to dinner with a friend and i was so nervous (laughs) that i said have dinner with me and um, can you come and watch me? I can't believe you ate right before you fought. I would have thrown up. I reckon. I'm just so scared. I know, because I was just, uh, I was making her go all the way to uh, where my boxing gym was. <laughs> and I thought, okay, let's make this worth it. We can, like, have a bite somewhere. Yeah. Um, anyway, I shouldn't have eaten that close to my house. <laughs> dinner after, after the yeah. fight. Exactly. After I get punched in the face. So, yeah. So feeling scared, feeling like an underdog. Mm-hmm. I-, I think they're actually not negative emotions at all yeah i think Mm. that when we get too comfortable when we're overly confident when anything in life becomes second nature then we're not really actually improving Mm -hmm. so we're actually stagnant at that point because something's second nature so it was a humbling experience i would say to spar for the first time because i was so bad at it (laughs) and rather than seeing that as a bad thing and feeling down and feeling discouraged that actually motivated me to want to do better so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to the next sparring session, the next sparring class, which is like only like four days later or something. Like yeah, that. can't wait. <laughs> it helped me to know that there's actually so much more I can improve on. Yes. So, and in saying that, I, I can't wait to spar again. Um, wow. The, the gyms have been closed for the past three weeks. Yeah, it's been three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Down, and I literally got, we literally got the news today. That the reopening. Yes. I can't. I can't wait for my next sparring session and I can't wait for my first official amateur fight. Yeah. <laughs> and look, I love what you said about, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll definitely be there. That's for yeah, sure. Thanks, we'll, um, yeah, exactly. Paul aspiration. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think um, you raised a really good point with using something that scares you to motivate you to do better or not necessarily yeah. that scares you something that perhaps you're not good at something that you might feel insecure about. Zone. Yeah. Um, to, yeah. Um, motivate you because that can be applied to anything if you're scared of something and you're thinking about it sometimes just having that little bit of insecurity 
can help you to grow because you realize the work that needs to go into getting better. And if you acknowledge it in that way, Mm -hmm. and rather than from the perspective of this is terrible, I'm never going to get over this, this, you know, Mm -hmm. if you think about it in that way and you think, well, okay, I've already taken the first step to improvement and that's recognizing that there's a problem here. So I think, yeah, that's a really healthy way. And And I think a lot of people can apply that. yourself to in that moment. Hard to be really full of yourself when you're losing in a fight or when you've just lost a football match or, you know, it's really hard to be like, I'm the best. Yeah, but but it teaches you sportsmanship as well because even if you lose, you can't, walk off and say yeah well I was the better fighter he won because of a technicality it's like you can't say that like do that and yeah no everyone loses respect for that person who's like yes oh like some of you but oh whatever and it's like come on you just lost just admit it we don't respect you more if you just admitted it and said he did well you know like that other person yeah and I've often said about like you know a lot about a guy when you if you reject them and the way they yeah. respond because if their response is ugly and aggressive mm-hmm. and violent or insulting it's like well I'm glad I found that That's out about right. you because I think the true colors kind of come out but if they're still humble and you know like accepting when when someone has rejected them I think it yeah, yeah. it really yeah. is very revealing yeah <laughs> I think going back to that first sparring session I think part of the reason why I mean, I would say I took it well is because even though I did so badly, you know, that first experience, that's not something that defines me. We're talking about, you know, what defines me, Exactly, yes. So I thought, oh, you know, this is just a sparring session. It's my first time. And winning on the first go of something is Mm. not what defines me. Especially something like that. it's not realistic too. It's not realistic. No. We think that the first time we try something, we have to be like an expert at it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, a lot of things, whether it be boxing, whether it be a math test, whatever it is, Everything that you do in the lead up or, and even while you're doing it, it requires technique and yeah. it requires practice. practice. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't have those base, yeah. like that basis or that experience from yeah. doing sparring before or and from, it's one you thing know, in theory when you're doing practice shots, you know, with yes, boxing. Exactly. not that I know about boxing, but like, not but your, actually your when you're in the true. ring yeah. and you've got the pressure and your heart's pounding, mm-hmm. that's a whole other story. You're and you're actually you, right. you can't yeah. get good at that without being in that uncomfortable situation exactly. again and again and again. And then you learn to monitor your heart and like figure out how to like slow your breathing and Otherwise, it's just like, oh, yeah, in theory, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, in theory, I'm like an amazing, like, paraglider or lion tamer. But, like, I've never done it, you know. It's like, so actually, I know nothing about it. Yeah. And and, Mm -hmm. and boxers always say this, like, someone can be really good at doing drills and combinations. um, Yeah. can be really good in the mitts and they look really sharp. Yeah. But, you know, when they step into the ring... Some of those people are frozen. Yeah. So it's it's handling the pressure. It's, you know, removing yourself from muscle memory because mm. you can practice something. Like you can mm. hit a tennis ball against a wall until you're blue in the face yeah. and hit every single shot. But then when you're actually playing and someone... When you're playing against Roger Federer. Yeah, oh exactly. <laughs> it's going to be a completely different outcome. So, yeah. you know, the good thing is you practiced. But yeah. don't go in there with that mindset of I've mm. done all this practice so I, I therefore deserve to win. Because yeah, oftentimes <laughs> the other person has done... Yeah. And has put in the same amount of effort as you. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, in saying that, whose opinion matters the most to you, Paula? Yeah. So, in general, I would say family, close friends, my boss, etc. So, you know, these are the sort of people that know my strengths and weaknesses. I'm around them the most. And by virtue of them knowing me so well, Mm -hmm. I just think that they're likely to have the most objective judgments and perspectives about you. Mm. I think it's as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, I'm often the same, you know, think about people who actually know the true you, not just people who have seen you on social media or who have met you one time. And Dark and I, my husband, often talk about a guest appearance. Like it's easy to, you know, drop in and you see someone a couple of times. It's easy to be the nicest, most generous, Mm -hmm. patient person. But then people who see you day in and day out, 
they're the ones who actually have seen the real you. Yes. So what about you, Daniela? Um, yeah, look, if I'm being completely honest, I used to worry a lot about what other people thought, not because I wanted to keep up with competition or anything, but because when you have insecurities, sometimes the things that people think about, you can really amplify both the positive and negative feelings about mm. your insecurities that you have. So it wasn't until I was out of school, really, that I stopped worrying about what people thought. Still, I obviously do care, for example, about what my parents think of me. And like you mentioned, Paula, like what, you know, your boss and your colleagues think of you, because that's very important. And you have to see those people and and communicate with them on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, the only real opinions that matter to me are of the people that I look up to or people that know me and have seen the good and bad sides, like you mentioned as well, Lil. Even then, I'm still very selective with whose opinions Mm -hmm. I let influence me. And it really comes down to a handful of people. So Paula, do you have any sort of prerequisites that people need to fall into in order for their opinions to matter to you? I think a lot of the things that you have just mentioned are my same prerequisites. So the yep. people that know you as a whole, yep. who know the big picture, the good, the bad, and the ugly, etc. Mm-hmm. I think those people have the most valid and helpful opinions, uh, basically because one, they know you, and then secondly, they want the best for you. So yes. I think that's really important. Um, you know, what about you, Lil? Any prerequisites? Um, so for me, I... I don't take advice from people who A, don't know me well, B, I don't like that I don't trust. And also, I won't take advice from people. If I don't want to be like you, I'm not going to take your advice. Oh, of course. So like, if someone's like, oh, hey, you know what you should do? And then you're like, thanks, but no thanks. Because like, look at the state your life is in or the way you treat people and no. So if that's how you do things, because like, you're not going to take advice from someone who's like up to their eyeballs in debt. And they're like, well, money, let's talk about money. And you're like, how about we don't? I'm going to go to someone who's financially successful or responsible to talk about, you know, money. And so someone with like, I mean, when it comes to relationships, and values type things um like with my faith and stuff i'm not going to take advice about stuff to do with faith or values from someone who's doesn't have my values because i'd be like well how can i trust that your values are actually going to lead me where i want to go um whereas there are some people who i pretty much take their word as like gospel because i'm like yeah i'm basically trying to be like you in 10 years <laughs> so what you're doing is clearly working out and so yeah like that kind of thing um so, Paul, is there anyone that you would say specifically, like, that you look up to? Yeah. I just want to say a big shout out to my older brother. Aww. What's his name? <laughs> uh, his name is Reynolds. So, I'll just explain that name a bit because it is quite unusual. <laughs> yeah. My last name is Elizabeth. My father's name is Renato. Aww. So, it, uh, they've blended the names together. Cool. It's a very Filipino thing. So yeah. I, I love that. I actually yeah. really love that. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah. That, that's him. So, we're three years apart. Um, but he's always been a role model for me. So there are many reasons, but I mean, I'll just name a few. Yeah. Go for so, it. <laughs> uh, basically, he knows how to laugh at himself in that life. And I think that's that's something that I've tried to imitate and copy from him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've been through many difficult moments together where I just thought, wow, there's absolutely no reason to be positive in this situation. <laughs> and what's always surprised me is that he's always made to find humor in it. Uh, and I'm just like, well, how do you mm. come up with that sort of attitude and that conclusion? It's a good yeah, quality. It it's, is. It's always inspired me. And I think that's something that I've then tried to practice. Mm. And you know, especially with being, the car crash. Yeah. And the, um, uh, my first time sparring. <laughs> uh, that's really helped a lot. So yeah. It's come from him, I would say. Yeah. And he's also the person that knows my most candid self. Like, mm-hmm. uncut. Mm-hmm. Right? So he sees everything about me. Like, the good things, the bad things, you name it. But yeah. despite that... He's always loved and accepted me as a whole. Hmm. So sometimes, you know, 
there are people out there who like us, but that, you know, only because they've seen a, one side of us. Mm. Um, and, you know, you get worried about, oh, if they saw this side of me, would they still accept me? Mm-hmm. And so you want someone to really love you as a whole. And I think that's my brother for me. So yeah. the fact that he has accepted me in my most raw form, that's really important to me. At the same time, he sees my potential. So he goes, you know what, mm. even though, you know, you were like this the other day, I, I think you can... I think you're beyond that, basically. Mm. So I think that's really inspiring and heroic. Yeah. And I know that he, if you listen to this cheesy bit right now, he'll be back <laughs> tomorrow. So oh, absolutely. Anyway, I've said it. There yeah, you yeah. Know, it's out there now. <laughs> oh, that's so lovely. <laughs> we'll send him a link. Yeah. <laughs> he can be like, oh, have his little moment. Um, yeah, I definitely think that having someone to look up to um, can be good, as long as that person is obviously actually a suitable role model. Yes. Um, and I mean, now that you've used a personal example, like one that you, someone you actually know, I'm like, oh, have I picked the wrong person but (laughs) but her name is Kristen Dalton Wolf and she embodies a lot of what I would like to be um so she's a former Miss USA I'm not aspiring to that part specifically (laughs) I don't think I'd get there but she's a really confident speaker and a published author she's got a blog and she speaks to women and encourages them to reach their full potential and not get bogged down in things like negativity and comparison um so I'd probably rather meet her than most A-list celebs um although not to brag but she has liked some of my comments on Instagram oh no way I was like oh my gosh (laughs) my husband I was like yeah and she like mentioned me in a live video that she did because I was like because I commented but anyway no big deal yeah. <laughs> just you know brush the fame oh. <laughs> I love that but yeah no look I agree with you Lil. I think having someone to look up to is a really great thing mm. and they do say that you are only as good as the people around you and once you know what good habits and virtues are important to you it's so much easier to filter out the people that won't be a good influence on you yeah, totally. It's um, it's knowing um, who am I gonna like have influence over my life? Who am I gonna let have a say? Exactly. Because I think when we're really young, we let everybody have a say. Yes. And we think, oh, I'm so nice. I'm so humble. I listen to everybody, and I tell everybody my problems. Mm. And I'm so open, and I'm so. And it's like actually, and I was that person who's like told too many people my problems and I'm too open and that's really like gotten me you know it's gotten me into some not great situations and so just learning not everyone is actually entitled to know my deepest fears and dreams and everything so I'm going to tell a few people that I trust who are going to give me good advice people who aren't going to mock me or be Mm -hmm. jealous of me or whatever and then you know actually people who are rooting for you you know people who actually your best interests at heart and people who who want you to succeed and they're not competing with you so anyway with that being said i think that's all we've got time for today so thank you so much paula for joining us thank you so much for having me that was so much fun yeah i'm glad (laughs) well thank you to everyone listening if you're new here we upload episodes every fortnight don't forget that you can follow us on Instagram at Building Character and Resilience and also like our Facebook page. We would love to build a community where we can engage with our listeners and hear your stories. That's right. Also, if you liked this episode, you can share this episode with your friends. And if you're a teacher with your students and your colleagues, every bit of support will enable us to help more people. And we'd love to hear your feedback. Our next episode will be live in two weeks time and available on Spotify and all other podcast streaming services. All the best, everyone. Thanks again, Paula. Bye. Bye.